Thank you for downloading this Brum Radio podcast. For more podcasts, visit brumradio.com. You're listening to Brum Hour on Brum Radio. I'm Dave Massey. Uh, I'm joined on the telephone by author Benjamin Cross, who has a brand new book out called Colony. Hi, Ben. How are you doing today? Hi, Dave. Yeah, do really, really well, actually. Thank you. Um, thank you very much for having me on. It's fantastic. I'm honoured. Brilliant. Thank you so much for taking the time out to chat to us about your new book today. Is this your first ever uh, book that you've written? Have you written anything else before this? This is my first book that I've written that's been published. Um, I've, as, as with a lot of authors, I've, um, you know, there are, there are plenty of sort of started uh, but never finished novels sort of littered yes. on my desktop. Um, but this is the first one where I've, I've seen it all the way through and, you know, taken it through the editing process and somehow managed to, to, to get it out there and get it published. So, yeah. And what can you tell us uh, about the about the subject matter um, and what we can expect to find within the book itself. Okay, so I mean, it, it's first and foremost, it's it's pure escapism. That's that's what I'd hoped mm-hmm. it'd be. That's what I'd written it to be. You know, I'm, I wasn't attempting to write something that was particularly, you know, um, deep or anything that was going to go in for the Booker Prize or anything. This is meant to be entertainment. It's meant to be fast paced and you know, plenty of action and um, thrills and spills. So that that's really what I've aimed for with it. And I think from from some of the reviews that I've had back, I think you know it's. It, it's pretty much there in that respect so I'm, I'm really thankful for that so yeah so the, the book is set on an arctic island um it's just off the north coast of russia i'd say just it's actually about a thousand miles but um you know everything's <laughs> relative yeah, um, absolutely and and the main character who's a guy called callum ross yeah he's a, a scottish archaeology professor gets sent out there um he's part of a team that yeah. have been sent to undertake a survey and he hasn't been there long when he discovers an ice mummy wow um, yeah well this is this is the sort of archaeology equivalent of a lottery win really yes. um you know it, this is a sort of an entire human life that's been frozen up into a yeah. time capsule so um he, he discovers this corpse and it's six thousand years old and what he realizes very quickly is that whoever it is hasn't had a particularly nice death yeah um yeah they, they've they've basically been um been butchered to a certain extent mm-hmm. and um you know he he sets about trying to work out why that is um and he ends up getting stranded on this island for various reasons um that i can't really go into without giving away no too no much. that's totally fine that's fantastic yeah, so what a... So he and the team get stuck on there, and then they they realise very quickly that they're they're not alone on that island. There's there's something else yeah. with them, um, you know, and they're in real trouble. And your and your background is within the archaeology field yourself. Um, is yeah. is it a degree in archaeology? You have what what um what what's your background? Tell us a little bit yeah, about that. Yeah, so. I... I, um, I did archaeology at university for my undergrad, and um, after that I went into the field for a while, and I did um, I, I became a field archaeologist, mm-hmm. um, which is a fantastic job, um, and I also did a master's, so it was like a two-year master's degree, basically, yeah. in uh, landscape archaeology, um, and yeah, I've, I've been involved with archaeology ever since, really. Um, I've moved on from sort of digging in the field onto, you know, writing reports about mm-hmm. what's been dug up. And, and now I'm at a sort of stage where I'm kind of advising people on what they need to do um, in terms of in their investigations. So, yeah, it's it's been a lifelong love and, and, and a fantastic Amazing. career to be involved in. Can you tell us a little bit about 
where you've been traveling uh, in terms of this for your, your job role? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've been to all sorts of, of different countries around the world, really, um, look, looking at archaeological sites. Um, South America, I've, I've been around um, various parts of Peru, looking at some of the Inca remains there, um, some of the, the more spectacular sort of hill fort sites, they're known as PARs mm-hmm. in New Zealand, um, which have been an absolute joy to go and see, such fantastic, dramatic landscapes oh, absolutely. that they're set in. Yeah, um, and and also you know right right over into sort of places like China and, and the Tibetan Plateau, where I've, I've been and seen um, places where the culture has persisted to the extent that they still bury people in the same way to this day. They wow. they basically take the bodies up yeah. there and they expose them um, to vultures and the elements. Um, you know, it, the complete opposite of how Amazing. we would deal with with that aspect of society in in. Yeah, you know, in the UK, and it's and, so, that, and, that, and that's because we kind of have a different version of what we consider to be dignified uh, in terms yeah. of uh, uh, someone's end of life, or uh, you know, when when we're burying people. And I think that's fa- I, I uh, obviously in the UK, even when we hear that people are having open caskets at funerals, uh, British yeah. people are a little bit funny about that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> did you see? Have you see, have you seen uh, remains that have been uh, placed in that way? Um, is that is that something that you've ex- explored yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's you know, as you say, it's we have got a very sort of specific way of of thinking about and dealing mm-hmm. with um, death and, and our conception of the afterlife. Really, is in the modern West. In the in the past, what we see an awful lot when I'm looking at prehistoric sites, in particular, is that there was a very much more um, sort of advanced sense of of connection with nature, and you know, there was a very very much sort of animistic and cyclical um, philosophy. Really. Really, yeah. that people had where we came from the earth and we're going to go back there so you know what what better way to honor somebody that's passed away than to sort of feed them back into nature um and and you find uh, relics so uh, sort of ancestral tombs where you know pe- the bones of entire communities have been gathered together and placed all together within the same tomb you know it's very much a sense of community yeah. and, and 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 life being a shared mm-hmm. experience that that's as you say it's it's kind of lost on a lot of western society these days so yeah it's pretty special absolutely and, and learning about those cultures and bringing those to your writing must uh uh, be a fantastic thing to be able to do uh one of the one of the things that i saw was that um uh you'd got a connection to through writing competition to to zadi smith um yeah yeah it's it's um zadi smith who wrote white teeth yeah um which was uh i, I believe um was a Booker Prize um, nominee, yeah. if not winner, on, on one year. And she, her very first um, story that got published was within the Maze Anthology, mm-hmm. it's called, which is a, it's effectively an, an anthology of um, short stories and poetry and art, which is produced by um, the Universities of Oxford and Cambridge each year. And it's it's meant to be a showcase of, of the best sort of upcoming um, uh, talent within that university. Yeah. Um, and I was I was very lucky and very honoured to have um, a piece 
um, that was selected for publication in the maze. Mm-hmm. Um, this is back in Fantastic. 2007. Yeah. And then um, in the following year as well, I had one selected for publication um, in, in the following anthology, which was pretty mind-blowing, really, um, you know, to be in that sort of company. Absolutely. Uh, and, and well done for doing that. What an opportunity to be able to demonstrate what your writing can be like. Um and those opportunities. Yeah. One of the reasons that I brought up Zadie Smith was uh, a lot of authors are um, in the in the past when I was young, authors were considered that they might have to be old um, to be an author. And yeah. one of the things that I found amazing about Zadie Smith was I'd been working in the book trade for some years. All of the authors that I dealt with or had met were well into their 40s. And Zadie Smith was this like 25 year old author from South London. And I was really shocked because it turned around to me and said to me about my preconceptions of what an author should be and how old an author should be. And that an author maybe should have tons of experience about particular subjects or uh, be very, very well informed about different ideas. And then this young person came along and uh, as, as an author says, you don't have to have that. You just have to be able to write with your heart and write with your experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right. It's, um, it is a kind of a preconception that people have when, when they think about, you know, what it takes to be an author. You, you do assume that you need to, to have, you know, reached a certain advanced stage to be able yeah. to relate parts of your experience but i mean people progress at all sorts of different rates mentally mm-hmm. as well as physically and you know there are people that will have had the level of experience necessary to inform a novel at a very early age you know Absolutely. like sadie smith yeah and um, so i just find that really fascinating that you were in in uh, in that competition that she'd won and how, what what sort of uh, age were you when you started to write this this book or get the first idea about it well this uh, i mean i first got the, the sort of seed of, of interest in this book was probably as, as far back as about 10 years really wow. if i yeah it's it's been with me a long time this um i, I started having you know ideas about um the, the setting initially um in the arctic um it was somewhere that uh, we, I've, I haven't been myself and that it's exceptionally difficult to gain access mm-hmm. to, um, you know, particularly today. Um, and it suddenly started to turn into more of a, you know, an, an adventure in my head. Um, and I'd, I'd always toyed with writing. I'd always um, been keen at, at doing short stories and various other things. And I just started to write it in effect and, and, and sort of the characters developed. And there came a point at which I thought, hang on. I, you know, this has got hold of me now. I'm going to need to see it through, um, and so I kind of, kind of went with it from there. Um, so yeah, we, we've <laughs> it's been with me for a good sort of, I don't know, quarter of my life really. Um, Fantastic. I mean, and that's and that's amazing that this this seed of an idea has uh, grown into this product that people can order online and it can be delivered right to their door they can order yeah. digital versions of it perhaps there's yep. all those opportunities that you know you, uh, at some point in the future you'll, you could be sat on the tube when we're allowed to go back into the real world and <laughs> you could see people reading your book maybe on the tube or on the bus or on cross country or you know on on a train to london or wherever um it'd be a, a, a wonderful thing and i think you know so what i've noticed so far dave is that i you know there came a certain point during the writing of the book where 
I kind of, I overcame um, my fear of the black hole. And I don't know if this, this is something that you've come across before, but it's this concept within the industry that if you've never published anything before and you haven't finished a book before, it can feel a little bit like you're writing into a black hole. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. you don't know. You don't know whether you're going to finish it. You don't know whether anybody's going to enjoy it if you do finish yeah. it. You know, it's just it's all that uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And there came a point where I kind of, I'd, I'd sort of built up such a resentment and a disdain for the black hole that I thought, no, I'm, <laughs> you're not having me anymore, mate. You know, I'm, I'm getting this done and yeah. I'm going to do something with it. Um, and I think I'd, I knew from that point that I was going to finish the book. But what I didn't know was whether, you know, how it would be received. Um, and since it's been, you know, I've, I've had people reading advanced copies to mm-hmm. me um, over the last month or two. And some of the reviews that I've had back have just been, they've, they've really, they've taken my breath away. Fantastic. You know, um, and that must and be really so, encouraging to see that kind of feedback from people. Oh, I, I can't describe it. I mean, it's just, it's, I guess the reason I brought this up was because you were saying about, you know, being out and about next time. You yeah, can and absolutely. Seeing somebody yeah. looking at it. It's that it falls in that same category. You know, it's this idea that you've, you've been able to create something from nothing that other people have, have really enjoyed. You know, it's meant mm-hmm. something to them. Um, absolutely. And it is, it's, there's no better feeling really for, for a writer. For me, for me, that idea of the black hole that you were discussing is that bridge between writing for yourself and writing for an audience. And, yes. And knowing at what point you know what your audience is going to look like. And uh, often that's how rewrites have to occur, is that you've written something and then the, the project, projected audience that you thought it was for is not it's not for that audience and it's for a different audience. And yeah, there's absolutely. all those ideas about... Uh, connecting to your audience and disconnection from your audience and then because writers are quite isolated in general which is quite a funny thing to consider in 2021 um, but but (laughs) writers I consider to be quite isolated Um, you know I always think of Roald Dahl walking down to his shed in his garden and and and, making his um, what was it a a big ball out of um, bits of tinfoil yeah Yeah. and and I just kind of think of that uh, romanticised idea of that's that's how uh, but writers write everywhere and 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 can write anywhere that they find the opportunity to so I I always find that there's a that there's that real balance between knowing that you're writing for yourself and who's going to be listening to it um when i think of the audience for for this for this broadcast i think of one particular person and then i think would that person understand what i've just said or what you've just said and that's how yeah. i then have to juggle between you know re rephrasing it or saying oh can you go into a little bit more detail with that so you're going to be doing more events for this by the time that um this this is broadcast your book will have been published. It will have had its publishing date. Um, you've yeah. got you've got some online content that you're going to be doing. Uh, you haven't got the pressure of going to sit in a bookshop and sign yeah. copies, which is just <laughs> a weird thing to have taken away from you. But there are going to be. It's a strange thing. Yeah, it's a strange thing. It's you know you kind of it's one of the things that you think will it will mark having published the yeah. book. You know. Um, for, for, obviously pre-pandemic it was it's what you would have done you'd have gone on tour and you know gone to various bookshops and sat there and and signed for for people that enjoyed the book yeah Um, absolutely yeah it's kind of i think the whole of the industry has really had to had to adapt in that respect and um so it's it's become quite a a a trend to to host sort of online launch events um which is um which is 
what I'm going to be doing and um, it'll have happened by the time this is broadcast as you say but it's I'm really looking forward to it you know we've got a lot of people um, that have already signed up for it um, and it's going to be yeah it'll be a fantastic thing I don't think it'll be any less of an experience one of uh, one of the interviews that I previously discovered when I was searching uh, researching you online um, was an interview for uh, with a guy that you did in India um oh yeah how far away will people have you been in touch with people uh how far have people reached out to you about about this book or, or about the work that you do is that something that you're very used to yeah. dealing with yeah well it's not something that i'm used to dealing with at all really it's it's been the whole thing has been an extremely steep learning curve really dave since, wow. since um you know since in yeah. the run into publication but um yeah i mean i've been again i've been absolutely overwhelmed by sort of the the, the global sort of response I've had the majority of my um, of people that have um, you know expressed a, a desire to read the book and that have followed me on Twitter and added it to their shelves in Goodreads and things Fantastic. they're actually from the, from the US yes. and from Canada yeah and... where where this style of book is very popular you know yeah um, and certainly I've got a uh, a lot of people in India as well as you say Australia and New Zealand and then some quite I can see quite often on the website where people have been um, have been sort of logging on from, mm-hmm. and there are you know there are people from the Middle East, um, people from uh, the Philippines, you know, pe- a person from Jerusalem, <laughs> even Brilliant. has come on it recently, you know, all over the place. So yeah. it's, it's a wonderful thing, it really is, and and that's a real opportunity to be part of this global village for you as well. I just thought it was really fascinating just to to see that people were interacting from all over the world with. Uh, different uh, different levels of interaction as well uh, from yeah. just just a, a click on the website to reaching out to you for interviews and things as well I just think that's absolutely amazing to see yeah. um, so so I had a, a lady the other day who um, she was a resident in Canada in uh, the, the sort of far north over mm-hmm. there, and she sent me an email just out of the blue really and said look I've I've read the, the blurb for, for your book now online uh, several times she said I'm so excited to read it I can't I really can't wait for it to be published but am I going to be able to get a, um, a, a hard copy of it over here in Canada you know mm-hmm. and it was just to have somebody you know somebody who is I've never met before um, come to me and approach me and feel you know that sort of level of um, connection um, yeah. with it, that she wanted to come and ask me that was just it was absolutely wonderful it, it really did make my day that, so. that's absolutely brilliant are you are you interested in um uh, what you do for your next book would you potentially look at this as part of a series would you look at maybe doing a standalone or is there just ideas just floating around so i've actually oddly enough i've i've um, written my second book um it's not it's not um, one, another one in the Harmsworth series mm-hmm. so it's not related to to colony um it's another action thriller novel Fantastic. Um, and it, it's it's set in uh, the amazon basin in peru wow um so it stars an, an yeah. all new new cast of characters um but i can't i can't really say any more about no it. no like, that's it, that's fantastic it's, it's, it's kind of you know it's, yeah. it's we're looking at next year really for it to come out but that's brilliant. Um, in, in terms of colony what i'm what i'm really hoping to do at the moment is is uh, take callum back there um mm-hmm. you know I, i've um through the process of writing him and the process of finishing the book and and sort of finding out really what happens with all of these characters myself yeah. I've, I've grown quite a fond attachment to them mm-hmm. and I, I've, I've reached a stage now where i think you know uh, they've all been off farms with for 
well, those that made it off <laughs> have all been off Farmsworth for, right. for quite long enough now, yeah. and I need to get them back there for a sequel at least. Oh, that, that's brilliant. Uh, you'll have to come and chat to us on Brum Radio about that as well and talk about how, how your experience went through 2021 while this was going on as well. Um, what yeah, a fantastic opportunity. Um, we, yeah. uh, we can find this book, on, uh, connection, how to get to this book on your website. We can, uh, we can find how to get to your book from the website, which is benjamin-cross.com. Uh, we can also find you on Twitter at Ben ben cross underscore author see i'm struggling saying all of these today um <laughs> but yeah if you have a look at that the book is published by book guild publishing it's called colony um take a look at that on on there and you've put links to buy it everywhere on your website so there's so many links for where people can buy it to make sure that they can go to their local online stores and, and have a look at it um what a brilliant opportunity right. uh, ben thank you so much for chatting to me about this today um, no, not at all. It's, 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 it's been really absolutely lovely. wonderful. I've really enjoyed it. It's been fantastic. And thank you again for having me on. Thank you for listening to this Brum Radio podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app.